calling all entrepreneurs. If you want to know how to build a successful business and know how to navigate through the good and bad of entrepreneurship, you're in the right place. Nicole Espinosa and her guests share their secrets to building your business. This is Entrepreneurship Uncensored. All right. So we are back in our own studio this time. Yes. So excited that this is finally set up. Literally down the hall. <laughs> I know. That's uh, it makes it actually sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> to do fre- Dallas. to frequent podcasts. But of course, you know, bringing this back, Stephanie gets to be my first guest again. So I'm excited. Um, yes. and I'm excited about what we're gonna talk about today because this is something that everybody's talking about and freaking out about. And someone even posted in the Facebook group. Did you see it? Uh-uh. That um, they said, shout out to Nicole two years ago in 2020. She said the that how uh, forbearances were going to affect the market and the amount of inventory yeah. and all that. And it's happening. Yes, it is totally happening. We get to see it firsthand because yeah, we get all the short sell leads. So when there's a, you know, not as many short sell leads and all of a sudden there's a ton of yeah. investors and realtors sending us leads. Like we get to see it before the news tells everybody. <laughs> and our conversations with the banks. Oh yeah. I mean, and we're seeing where the banks give us feedback. And we say that yeah. in our training of, hey, this is what's going on behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. this is why it's different from the data that you're seeing that's posted, that's backdated, you know, because ultimately, you know, data, the way that it reports, right? right? I mean, it takes a couple months or, or so. Yeah, exactly. But so the banks are like, so they're laying off a lot of loan officers and originators. Side of, yes, on that side yeah. of the business. And then for the short sell side and modification side, they're hiring a ton still. Which is crazy. They started like a year ago, but yeah. they're still hiring. So that shows you what direction it's going for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about too is the amount of people that are getting laid off. Let's just add that to the mix <laughs> of yes. the crazy. Yes. Um, but I think that when we talk about the, you know, of course, the buzzwords on YouTube is the market crash, the housing bubble, and everyone's trying to get like that clickbait. Recession. Um, recession, exactly. And compare this to 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all of that really is irrelevant. And that's why I want to talk about that today. Yeah. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter in an amazing market or in the worst market ever. Mm-hmm. Like you can still have a thriving business. And I think we're both you know, a testament to that because yeah. even before we joined forces and you joined the team, I mean, you guys were doing how many? It was a lot. <laughs> uh, the most I had just by myself was 70 short sales. Yeah. So 70. Once. And this was in, you know, the worst market and doing creative, yeah, doing creative Small deals. Company. And before short sales were even a thing because you weren't just doing short sales. Right. We were doing flips and hotels and all those things. But our focus was short sales, especially 2008, 2009. Yeah. And it continued. And then they kind of fell off. And then we focused more on flipping and, you know, rehabbing. Yeah. I think what freaks everyone out, especially in the industry. And, you know, today we're not going to talk about for homeowners. Today we're going to talk about like professionals, like how this is going to affect people's careers because mm-hmm. there is always an influx of realtors that come in when the market is amazing. Yes. So what then, are all y'all doing? I was wondering, yeah. you know, because like every, <laughs> because do every day, every friend, every family member, everybody's getting their real estate license so true. when COVID hit. And I was like, wow, like, and they're all killing it. But yeah. what happens? It. Yeah. yeah. But what happens when the market goes down? I'm just wondering, hopefully you all have a nest egg. 
and y'all kept yourself. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today okay. <laughs> is, is ideas and really how to set yourself up regardless of the market, like mm-hmm. not basing your success or your business on if the market's good or not. Right. Because to your point of what you just said organically, because you didn't even know I was going to say that, <laughs> is that everybody gets their real estate license or everyone sees opportunity and thinks this is easy money. Right. Like this is, you know, oh, great. I just put the house on the market and I can sell it and make, you know, thousands of dollars. And that could not be furthest from the truth. And so all of those people that they're like, okay, I just got my license and I have no direction. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Whatever. That's what I want to talk about today because, you know, if you won't worry about that fear or any of that, if you have a plan and you know t- what to do every single day. Right. And I remember in 2008, 2009, when I was getting into, you know, REOs and yeah. like really heavy working with other realtors that that was their only niche. Mm-hmm. And then when the short sales happened, they thought, okay, you know, all the REOs dried up 2011, yeah. 2012. They thought you're crazy. Yeah. Besides that. But there were so many people that were doing REO thinking, I'm going to do short sales because I already work with the banks and this should be easy. And it was a huge reality check because mm-hmm. they had put all their eggs in one basket with REOs, with foreclosures. Yep. And then they had nothing because they didn't know how to adapt with the market. And had mm-hmm. they learned, they wouldn't have just focused on that one thing and not adapted with their existing business. So Absolutely. So important. Yeah. We have a all the time like we are in the office and you're always saying like, if I was a realtor, yeah, this is what I would do. So I have my bachelor's degree in real estate from the university of North Texas. Um, go mean green. I think that's what it was. It's been a long time. Um, but <laughs> go, go whatever color is it is. Yeah. It's green. Yeah. Um, so I never got my real estate license. I never needed it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, people ask me, why don't you, Oh, you're, I tell them I'm in real estate. Oh, so you're an agent. No, I'm not an agent. Um, I do all things real estate, obviously short sales. Um, but yeah, there's so many things that agents do. I'm just like, why are you doing that? This could be or so why much. why aren't you doing? Yeah. Right. Or why aren't you doing this? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. But that's why we're here to help educate people and help drive them in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about a couple of things that I think everybody needs to know. So, you know, we say this a lot especially me when I'm on stage is specializing. Yes. And I think niching down. Yeah. Right. And so I think that, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter what you do, but you need to get your phone to ring. Yes. So what does that look like? I remember when I started, I had so much anxiety about like, where do I, what do I do? Like, what am I doing every day? You know, I Mm -hmm. felt lost. And I remember, never forget that this guy at the brokerage said like, it doesn't matter, Nicole, like who can you talk to? Like your perspective needs to be, who can you talk to mm-hmm. that could possibly potentially be a deal or send you a deal? Mm-hmm. And so what I was referring to, what you're like, oh, agents should always do this is like, hey, you know, things that come up in the office where you're like, why aren't you door knocking? Like literally like going out there and getting the business. Yeah, because people are scared of COVID, but door knocking was a thing. And now it's like, <gasps> yeah. I don't know if people are going to answer. I think it's coming back. Oh, yeah, I, think I think people so. are, you Less know, I think scared. there was fear. For a couple mm-hmm. years where it went away because people are like, don't even look at me because you're another human. Right. <laughs> you have allergies. You have a sneeze. Yeah, okay. exactly. And <laughs> but I think that we are seeing mm-hmm. such a because of years of like no human contact that people are actually welcoming it now. Yep. And we're, we're seeing people that are door knocking that are killing it. Just like the lady yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't a door knocking, but you got to go meet one of our trainees, um, Claudia. She had a listing appointment and Nicole went with her. 
It was um, actually to buy. Who? It was actually to purchase. It wasn't the oh, listing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, Nicole went with her and she's just like, I haven't, I've been so lonely for two years uh, and I haven't seen anybody. Era. And poor thing. So there's so many people out there. Yeah. Like that. But yeah, door knocking and face to face, they can put a face to a name is yeah. helpful. Even though our business, short sell business is solely virtual. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to see people every once in a while. Yeah. So let's talk about if someone was sitting there and they're like, okay, guys, I'm, I'm listening to this podcast right now and give me some ideas. So that's what I want to do. Like All right. just on the top of your head, like if you were just breaking in and you're like, you have no business, what okay. would you do that's out, outside the box? Divorce attorneys. Yeah. That's a good one. Because number one, I mean, besides loss of income and job loss, divorce is like our number two. Yeah. So number if, two hardship. Yeah. So if num someone's getting a divorce, they, one of the partners gets the house. And I don't know why the judge gives the person who doesn't have the mortgage the house because they end up not paying. And then it's this whole turmoil thing. And then Ugh. it comes to us. It's eventually. crazy. It's like literally the biggest asset that they have. Yeah. And you can't even get it right when it comes to that. Like, hey, no, yeah. just deed it over. What? So that they're still liable? Yeah. Like, how are you protecting your client? And I, I know this do is anything. a tangent, but yeah. give me a break. It's so ridiculous. So I would reach out to divorce attorneys or make really good friends with them. Send them a yeah. gift basket. Probably Harry and David. That's our favorite. Seriously, though. Shout out Harry and David. If you ever yeah. want to get a big gift basket, that's what we, we accept. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, probate attorneys. I think probate is huge. I think probate yeah. in itself could be a niche, mm -hmm. especially in different states. Like people are underestimate how many opportunities there are mm -hmm. and opportunities on just being the, the liaison oh, yeah. of understanding the process with dealing with heirs, mm -hmm. understanding, you know, that they're going through a really shitty time because the owners passed away or yep. someone family member. And now they're having to deal with that grief and then knowing the right people Mm -hmm. You know, and really the more value that you can provide to make it as easy as possible. So, yeah. for example, not just you understand, you know, the difference between, you know, doing a probate or going through that process or having to do an affidavit or clearing title or whatever. Right. But what if it's as simple as we'll help you do an estate sale mm -hmm. and we know the right people. We're going to make this super easy. You just have to do this, this and this. And mm -hmm. we take you all the way through to closing where everything that you could possibly think of that you need to do in the house, it's like an, a whole service. Yes. You know, and, and you yeah. pitch that to the attorneys and mm -hmm. you're literally saying, hey, you know, I'm the expert in this and this is what we offer for the clients. And yeah. now it's a huge value add where he can now say, you're not just a realtor. Right. Like you're not, you're, you're not, not just, or going to an investor standpoint and the divorce attorneys, what if it looked like, hey, I know that they're fighting and they're probably going to be arguing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what if we just paid cash and no contingencies, close on your timeline, mm -hmm. done? Yeah. Don't have to list it. Don't have to fight over what realtor they like. So you need to, realtors, you need to have multiple exit strategies besides listing only. Yes. You need to have an investor in your back pocket. And investors, you need to have a realtor in your back pocket. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot like, of investors are like, oh, I can't stand realtors. Well, actually, they will help you a ton. If, if you, you have, have the right, right one. one. Jinx. Owe me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, I totally agree. I think that, you know, the partnership is such a great partnership because with realtors, you know, they need, they only think list this at the highest price that no, 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 you know, don't sell it to an investor. You're going to get more. But 
sometimes you're actually doing the worst thing for the client mm -hmm. because now you're listing this house. And what if sometimes people don't have time to wait? They don't have right. wait time to wait for you to market the house. They don't have time for you to worry about a contingency. And they don't it, want showings. Right. They don't want to deal with showings. They also don't want to deal with buyer demands and, re and repairs. And yeah. most importantly, some people don't have the time to risk if, if an offer falls through. Right. So you really need to vet your clients to make sure yeah. that you understand their, what's it called? <laughs> what time, money, credit. Oh, for their motivating factor? Yeah, motivating factors. <laughs> yeah, you need to know your client's motivating factors. <laughs> yes, you need to figure out what is driving them and what's more important. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, like, hey, you're getting foreclosed on in a couple of weeks or, hey, you're about to lose this house. Yeah, you know what? You're right. On the highest offer, yeah, yeah. that might be on the market, but that's the worst thing you can do because you're going to get nothing if the house goes to sale, yeah. you know? Or, or to the lady yesterday that we met with, Showings is the worst thing that she could she could go through. Yep. Because she has she she literally took about 15 minutes to answer the door because she was so out of breath. Oh. And for her, like she has nowhere to go to even allow showings. And it stressed oh. it stressed her out just the idea of it. So for her, our service to her is hey, cash quick, but guess mm -hmm. what? We're gonna help you relocate. We're gonna make this yep. as easy as possible. You don't have to deal with anything. You know, we're going to be facilitating the entire thing. Don't worry about it. Yes. And so for her, she just felt like this piece of like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I don't have to deal with anything. Just right. and accept my cash and move. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then, um, you know, I think it was Brett Daniels. Uh, he, he says this, an amazing analogy. And I love this when it comes to okay. uh, cash offers. And he says that he used the analogy of, in his training of, you can, in regards to selling it to an investor, that you can either trade in your car and not have to deal with it, you know, have the dealership pay you. And it yeah. might be, it might be less money, mm -hmm. but it is going to be less money if you do it. Or you can do it yourself, make your car perfect, mm -hmm. have to vet the people buying it, go through that whole process, figure it out and you'll get more. But most people opt for, hey, just make it easy. Trade it, just make it easy. Yeah. So I don't have to deal with all that. It's kind of the same thing. If you're already a realtor investor, you're probably, you know, business minded and yeah. figure out problems and solutions. Well, majority of people I would say are not. So they don't have the the ability or the want to figure out other ways to make several more grand or whatever the case may be. Especially if the house has major issues. Because oh, yeah. I was telling her, she's like, well, you know, my my kids, because I don't think people really understand the headache of dealing with contractors oh, yeah. and having to fix the house. So in theory, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yes, fix it up in a perfect world, deal with all that. But that in itself is... God, I, I mean, the contractors Ooh. we deal with, they're pain in the ass. Tell about the guy y'all talked to um, that was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to fix it myself. And so then you you pointed out to him, yep. okay, so you, you're you going to do the carpet and where are you going to move all your stuff? Like yep. you, you like. Because he was still said, in the house. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at a um, an appointment and he's like, I want to put this on the open MLS. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, no problem. But. As it stands right now, your house, I mean, it was bad. <laughs> and I'm like, you need a complete remodel. The the yeah. one thing that helped him was the location. It was beautiful lot, you know, all mm -hmm. of that. And in this market, you know, people are going to look at that. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so I told him, I said, you know, instead of arguing with him where he was like, no, like this is what I'm doing. I was yeah. like, great. So let's talk through it. And that's the best way to overcome objections. Yes. Like, let's actually talk through what that looks like in your head. Because in your head, you think that this is so easy, right? I told him, I was like, I'm renovating properties right now and I'm having to deal with you. You don't have a crew, 
right? right? So you have to call around, find somebody that you trust, mm-hmm. you know, vet all of these people. So that's that's the first thing you do. Yep. Then, no, because you don't have a crew, you're going to be hiring one-offs. So somebody that does the flooring and then finding another painter, right. they all don't know each other. So it's going to be one at a time, mm-hmm. which means the delay, it's going to take months and months and months because I have crews and it's still taking a long yeah. time. Then you're going to pay retail mm-hmm. because you're not going to know, you don't have, you don't have those relationships where you do a ton. No, right. you're, you're just a, a seller that wants to Then you got to pull your stuff somewhere, all this stuff. And right. It's a and lot he's of in stuff. bed. So I'm like, where are you going to go in the meantime? Because they're going to be having to gut the entire house. disabled, right? Yeah. He was disabled. I'm like, you're gonna have to gut the entire house. So we're looking at six months probably. I mean, that's mm-hmm. realistic for, for you to renovate the entire house. So that's six months. You're going to pay, I mean, way more than what someone else would pay as mm-hmm. like an investor. So you're going to pay, you know, probably 40, 50,000 for this house. Cause it was a small house. So 40, 50. Yeah. I was like, and when we list it, we're going to list it at X amount of dollars, which means that you're going to break even if you would have just sold it at this price as is and yeah. not have to do anything. And then, yeah, you know, of course there might be like 10 or $15,000 extra, but you're going to pay it in commissions Mm -hmm. and in closing costs. (laughs) And by the way, the buyer still might come back and say that they want more. Yeah. Something's not fixed right or they don't like this. Right. And, and so, you know, so if you're willing to do that, absolutely. We can put the house on the market, you know, in this situation. And he was just like, wow, that's. No, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> and so instead of arguing with him, because he, let me tell you, you can ask Claudia. He was like, no, you are not going to buy this house at this price. Oh, I'm offended. Like he was offended. And I was like, you know what? I get it. But but when you are honest and try to like, instead of selling them on like, you know, hey, this is this is what we I'm need to do. I'm the best. Right. Instead yeah. of doing that, now you're showing them like, this is reality. And of course, there's going to be a premium because why would anybody do this work for free? Right. But, you know, in the same way when you're listing, like making sure that you're factoring that in of like, Mm -hmm. hey, this is this is what these are your options. Not I can only do this, but this is a full picture. So they don't feel like you're just honed in on that one thing. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about probate attorneys. Yeah, I was like, bring it back. Bring it back. Because we just went on a whole. I know. (laughs) So divorce attorneys, probate attorneys. Um, The next thing, which is I consider a golden nugget. I don't even know how I want to say it. But I'll say it. No, it's just say it. Um, so usually when people are behind on one thing, they are most likely behind on others. Right. So like Definitely. HOA. Now, if if someone's behind on their HOA dues and the HOA puts a lien on the property, which is public record, by the way, yeah, they could most likely be past due on their mortgage, but not have a foreclosure date set. So it's not public. So I would be digging in county records for HOA mm-hmm. liens. Yeah. Um, and reach the sellers and and find out where where they are. Or city liens. I mean, that's probably one that yeah. you know HOAs. Yes, but but those are, um, you know, it's going to be a different conversation because yeah. if if they're behind, then you know, generally it's a couple grand. But if they have a yeah. lien, it's been a while. City so out what's and going on. mowing liens means probably the house is vacant or there's tenants in there, um, and they may not be on our list. Yeah. So though that's why it is a golden nugget because. We're trying to show you creative ways mm-hmm. of, hey, this is not something that people are actively soliciting. That's why driving for dollars is so powerful because you can see you can see it. Yeah. So instead of driving around everywhere, <laughs> pull a list yeah. because if the grass, instead of driving around looking for houses that look haunted with high grass, well, the city's most likely find them. Right. And put a lien on the property of multiple and the ones that maybe are mowed that yeah. they mowed. 
I mean, oh my gosh, do you remember that one time we had a city lean for mowing the grass? It was like three or $500 a pop. And I'm like, we are doing the wrong business. Yeah. Like, yes. They could char- they three charge $500. And, and guess what? They don't take a loss. They get their money. So if you're a lawn mowing company, yeah. check out the city. <laughs> I mean, you might be able to like get a really good deal. <laughs> Make a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, okay. That's another great idea of, and, and when you're looking at this, cause some people might be listening, like, what, do, what does that have to do with anything? Like, why would I do this? Well, if you are needing properties or if you're wanting mm-hmm. opportunities, these are the ways that you can do it creatively without yeah. having to compete with the masses. Right. And where it can now open a conversation of like, Hey, I saw, you know, your property and, mm-hmm. um, it, it does look like, you know, or just, just go, no, maybe not even saying about the city lane, maybe just going into it and say, yeah. would you ever consider selling? Right. You know, I really want to buy this property. I have cash and I'm very interested. Cause if the, if the, even the tenants, you know, if they have a tired landlord, if yeah. they're not taking care of the grass, they're probably not taking care of the house, which means they may not be taking care of the rent. Yeah. So you may want to try to find the owner and he may yeah. have multiple properties that he's willing to just be done with. Yeah. Because of the whole eviction issue in the years past because of COVID. Yeah. Um, they may just be waiting for those people to vacate. And if you can take it over while the tenants are in there and deal with the tenants for them, you might get a good a good deal on it. And if you're in a state where people are just sick and tired. Yeah, and they're of, not making all much. That. Yeah, because, I mean, mm-hmm. think about, I always go back to the W-2 landlords, landlords. right? Yep. The, the people that literally bought this as an investment and now it's cost them more time and money and they haven't mm-hmm. been able to collect, nor can they afford to continue to pay regardless if their tenant doesn't pay. Yeah. Those are opportunities to purchase because mm-hmm. now they need to get out. Yep. You know, they're, they're not, they're not, they don't have a ton of money. They're not full-time investors. Yes. They just bought this because they were told that real estate's supposed to be a great investment. <laughs> yeah. They can retire on it. <laughs> um, reverse mortgages are fantastic. They're my favorite short sales. Um, because yeah. we don't need the seller's financials. Um, there's a video way down from the beginning of Nicole's YouTube that Just talks about reverse, reverse mortgage or can you do a short sell with a reverse mortgage or something like that? Yeah. So a lot of people get reverse mortgages um, to get their equity out of the home. And then when they pass away or they vacate, the lender could start the foreclosure process or the heirs could purchase it. Well, then they find out their parents or you know relatives did a reverse mortgage and they're like, wow, there's nothing in the home for me. Yeah, I think the worst thing, so back to um, the guy that you were just talking about, he actually had a reverse mortgage. And the reason Mm. why he wanted to sell was because the way it was pitched to him was that it was a line of credit. Mm. And so he's like, I feel so stupid. He's like, I'm not a stupid man. He's like, I was a broker or whatever. He's like, but I was basically just trying to cash out. He's like, and the um, balance, he said, has gone up. You know, it was like over 50 or $60,000. And he's like, they're not going to take any more of my equity. Like I need to get out. And he was trying to refinance and he can't refinance because of his credit and all that. And so a lot of people get into this thinking, I don't have to make a payment. Mm -hmm. I've got cash. But what they don't or they're not explained is that, hey, with reverse mortgages, you have to pay your taxes. Oh, yeah. You have to pay your insurance. And if you don't have the money or if you're doing it to get money, how are you going to come yeah. up with the lump sum, you know, mm-hmm. especially with taxes going up like crazy Yep. and insurance. Now your bill's going up and that could potentially like, especially if they're not getting any more income. Right. I I think it's such a predatory uh, oh, yeah. loan. Like I think it's, I, I think the concept sounds good. Maybe not even, but they pitch it of, Hey, don't make a, you're not going to have a mortgage payment. But the whole point mm-hmm. of 
of real estate well, is equity. I mean, like it's if crazy. they get their all their equity and then they pass away, like couple years later and they don't get to, you know, enjoy the home longer, which is the yeah. point of doing a reverse mortgage. Like they just lost all of that. Well, and then, and the worst part is when we deal with the heirs and they're so pissed off. They're like, yes, I have one right not. now. <laughs> I have one we have right, so now many where the, right now. The daughter just randomly came back and she was like, ah, like, what are y'all doing for my mom's house? Like just pissed. I'm like, yeah, um, the payoffs 303, the highest offer that we've gotten on MLS active. 250. Yeah. She's like, ah. like she thinks that they can get so much more. Yeah. Like, of course she does. Already because been... if I got left a house and I wasn't in real estate and oh. ignorant to this, I'd be like, no, like this is, I got left a house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, but, but when a reverse, reverse mortgage, the, the heirs have to um, refinance and get their own loan to pay it off. Yep. Um, or they can sell it. Well, the good news too about reverse mortgages that I don't think a lot of people know is that if it's upside down, that's actually the best scenario because when you do a short sale, the reverse mortgage is the only loan that an heir or someone related can purchase. It can be and arm's length. Yes, it can be arm's length and they can purchase that 95% of the as is value or yep. the appraisal that comes back. So they could still have an opportunity, but they'd have to buy it, right? And most, not left. nobody, n- none of the heirs ever yeah. that, that come to us anyways. Yeah. Um, have that opportunity. They just can't because of finances. Well, they can't afford it. They were thinking they were getting a house. Yeah. <laughs> they had to buy it. But it's good though that they'll still get, you mm-hmm. know, somewhat of a, a discount if they wanted to. Right. So, okay. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so people can definitely go after reverse mortgages mm-hmm. because those are opportunities for listings. Um. You know, people that are behind on their taxes and insurance, not in foreclosure yet. Right. But they could be, they could be getting there. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, they could list the property if because the, there are some that have equity if it, has, yeah. if it hasn't been a long time and, you know, the market has appreciated. Um, so you can do that. And I think uh, we get that a lot of, hey, oh, we can't do anything because it's a reverse mortgage. No, there's a lot of opportunities yes. that you can do with them. They're actually the easiest short sales to do. They're, they're the easiest in the process, but yeah. getting somebody, most people have a hard time because they, they don't have contacts like us. They don't know the process. So right. they're like, HUD, hello, you know. Why won't you uh, respond? Yeah. So let's go back to what I, when I first opened about really branding yourself and and niching down. When people come on and and join us um, within our network, I always hop on a call, like an introductory call um, in a Zoom. And we go over for like 30 minutes, like, hey, let's, let me find out about your business and let me Mm -hmm. see how I can help get you on the right track, which is awesome. Like, I wish I had somebody that would take the time to do that for real when I was an agent. Um, But all like the common theme is that, okay, I work with buyers, third party sellers. Like, what do I do? Right. I mean, that's the number one thing. Like I want to get into real estate. And so my advice always is you have to get your feet wet. Like you have to go with the people that you know, like, and trust. You have to start like building that brand based around your life. Like Mm -hmm. you can't copy me just because you see me excited and passionate. Like you have to start talking about things that, you know, even down to you're taking a training class, like, you know, you're taking a a picture and you're putting it on social and and it's organic because it's just documenting your day. And Mm -hmm. I always do a social media audit because I'm like, what, when I look at your social media right now, what do I see? I, I just see a cat. I see, you know, crazy cat all, all of this stuff. Like, what are you doing? Like, just allow people into your life and start talking about it yeah. because you'll be surprised that when you do, 
people will come to you. Like yep. you don't have to have a huge YouTube channel, a huge brand, just the people in your world. You yep. could be getting so much business and that could be the start. Yeah. I don't uh, even post that much. I mean, I have a lot of kids stuff on mine. Yeah. My boys. Um, but I have some short sell stuff. So yeah. mine's nothing like yours. But I have people all the time know that, oh, Stephanie's in real estate. Call her. Yep. And it, people and call me And she's not even intentionally branding. No. She's not even intentional. Could you imagine if you did it intentionally? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully tons of business. I should probably start. Anyways, but. Now you but, have to start. <laughs> I know. But you get messages and DMs all the time yeah. with people wanting to work with you because you are intentional. So intentional. Be intentional. With Being your intentional. Stuff. And that in itself, like I always say, write your top 25. Mm -hmm. Your top 25 people that you know, that you interact with, because someone could be like, for example, a veteran. Right. And they yeah. could already be involved in groups yeah. with veterans. And that could literally be your niche. Like, yeah, you know them, you know, the process, you know mm -hmm. how to make it better based on your own experience. And that's why right. I always say it has to be to what you are, to who you are. And when you're just yourself and you align that with your mm -hmm. brand, guys, it doesn't matter if tomorrow the market crashed, like people will still say, hey, I know you're doing this. Help me. These think? people are always going to need someone, mm -hmm. someone, they always need someone that they know in their world that is in real estate that they trust. And the only mm -hmm. way you become that person is if you're frequently staying top of mind and staying in front of them. So let's really think about, it's that simple. Let's think about the groups that someone could join. Simple groups, the baseball moms, yeah. the uh, PTA, yeah, Bible study, your church. Yeah. Um, I mean, garage sales. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Estate sales. Like, I literally um, just go drive around. Like, to your AA. point, community, yeah, you know, whatever you're part of, no judgment. Um, but your local community, like your neighborhood, like yeah. your HOA, like being involved next door on the app. horn, next door is huge. Yeah. Um, I had to delete it because I was getting annoying messages, but oh dear, people are very active. <laughs> but wherever you're active in your community, yeah, uh, you know, if you don't, it, it, what about your hobbies? Like, what if you play golf? What if you play tennis? What if you're in workout, mm -hmm. you know, communities like why aren't don't people know that you also do real estate yep get so yourself out there those are things that it's just a matter of having those conversations mm -hmm. and people overcomplicate it and they get they get so fear driven of like i don't know what to do instead of talk to people because the more yeah. people you talk to the more opportunities there will be totally y'all like one thing i have is a fear of public speaking and so <laughs> like doing these things and like talking to people about business. Um, it's always been like a really big fear of mine. Nicole knows she's always my biggest cheerleader to get me through it. Um, but like you literally just, just asked her 10 minutes ago, Hey, let's talk about this. I know. She's and like, you want to do podcasts? I'm she's like, like, Oh crap. Okay. <laughs> All right, Nicole just tolerates me at this point. <laughs> literally like <laughs> learning is your best friend. Like y'all yeah. have to learn so that you can have these conversations. Like I have an hour and a half drive to work and an hour and a drive home from work. And so I am constantly um, learning and gaining knowledge and trying to figure out if there's going to be a recession and figure out better ways to wholesale, better ways to run a business, all these things. Yeah. Um, so education is so important. Um, 100%. And it also, like, whenever we listen, so we're always constantly sharing, you know, podcasts of, of really good ones that we've listened to yeah. that we want each other to listen to. And I think that in itself has helped me so much because mm -hmm. I'll be working out listening to a podcast and I, it, no, no, no joke in my notes app, I have an ongoing um, list 
of just ideas from podcasts where I'll just be like, oh, I need to do this. Yes. Oh, that's a really good idea. This, this, this is how you talk to people. Find, find a property manager in this area. Like do a thinking notebook where you take time to just think through things and create space for 30 minutes a day, evaluating your threats and problems and looking at opportunities. And that was from yes. someone who was this eight figure CEO about his da- da- mm-hmm. daily actions. And, and each podcast that I listen to, I, if I take one or two things like that away, then my mind starts going like, yes. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Like, it and we do the same thing where we're like bouncing ideas off each other. But mm-hmm. if I don't feed my mind with the things that I'm trying to learn, yeah, I, I, n- none of that would come from it right. that we couldn't implement. And that's the other part, right? So it's not just consuming information mm-hmm. and listening to podcasts like this, but what are you doing about it? Mm-hmm. Like, are you at a place where you're willing to take action? Because yes. if you're just consuming information, but it's not applied knowledge, it doesn't mean anything. Right. You're just the smartest person that doesn't do anything. <laughs> I've learned so many, uh, like different websites for being creative, whether it be CRMs or lead generation or whatever, just from listening to these podcasts, the bigger, sky, bigger guys use that I would never have thought about. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's how you do it. That's how they're doing it. You know? And it's usually the most simple thing that oh. you're like, yeah, it is. I don't know. That. I just had to listen. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and I think that I also am learning from constantly searching for new podcasts. When I told you the other day, mm-hmm. like people just talk a lot and say nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, you literally just did this whole clickbait thing. And I listened to your, based on your title and your description, I'm listening to your podcast and you literally haven't said anything. It's been 10 minutes. I'm not willing so, to invest anymore. Let's time. make sure we say something. Yeah. No, I think we did. <laughs> I think we've already said a lot of really good points and especially in detail. And guys, we say this in our education too. I mean, and you know, that's the other thing too. Like, let's talk about the event that's coming up in person because this is going to be our first in-person event. And I'm so excited. Yes. We finally, we've been doing Zoom for two years. With our boot camps and mentorship. uh, Masterclass and mentorship. Yeah. So we have a live event that's, that we're our first one um, that we're doing in person. And we've been, I mean, we have, this is actually the first time we're talking about it. <laughs> Nicole's going to make me talk in front of an audience, y'all. In front of y'all. This is going to be great. See, look at that, Texas. I'm, I'm, I'm with it now. Y'all. <laughs> yes. But, She's from Florida. So we had to get her saying y'all. Yeah. So I'm really excited. This is going to be our first in-person event, July 19th and 20th. Um, so for people that are all over the country, should be enough time for everyone to book their flights. Yes. Um, we have, you know, if you guys are interested, reach out to us. Um, we only have 25 seats available. Mm-hmm. That's it. And this is actually the first time that we are talking about it. We'll put the information on how to register. Um, the, like I said, this is our first one. So yes. we're very excited. Um, we're going to be talking about, you know, really heavily sales training mm-hmm. on getting the business and breaking down your business. So we're going to give people an opportunity to do hot seats yes. so that whatever we can try to solve your problems. Yes. All your issues. Say it again. We are going to, we are going to solve your problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to allow you to, you know, sit up there and talk in front of everyone. And so we, we're going to tell everyone that registers, like be very intentional Mm-hmm. And come with your problems in mind of like, hey, write out what are the key things that you want to get from this event, yeah. right? Like, hey, if lead generation is your problem, write down so that we can pick it apart and give you ideas and help you rebuild. Mm-hmm. And just doing that when I've gone to masterminds, oh my God, that that in itself was worth huge. going. It's huge. Um, yeah. But we're going to talk about pre-foreclosure skips. We're going to talk about pre-foreclosure scripts. Um, 
if there's a looming, you know, dooming recession, um, what inflation's doing, um, all kinds of different things. So obviously short sales. Um, and the different, we're going to go in detail with exit strategies, cold calling training, um, NLP training so that you learn how that is neuro-linguistic neuro- programming. Yes. <laughs> so the NLP training is going to be huge. Um, Explain what that is. So NLP is the psychology of sales, like of how to speak to people and interact with people and getting them to do what you want, yes. right? Like sales, getting them to get on board, but really breaking down on matching energies, how to communicate with people, mm-hmm. um, how to get on their level, right? Like how do you make someone feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things with NLP that people like myself like just naturally do and yeah. they don't know how to like articulate it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I actually took the training and um, other trainings where I was like, oh, that's that's how you explain it, you know, because whenever yes. I would do sales training with our team. Like, this is what I do. Watch me, watch me. Right. But I would just have to record it. myself yeah. because I didn't know how to verbalize, hey, you know, make a joke. <laughs> you know, if you see a cat, talk about cats. Like, I don't know how to, like, how to, that sounded stupid to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Because there's things that I did that built rapport organically that I just, mm-hmm. it was just who I am. And so, and not everyone obviously is built that way because right. especially when you don't know like what you're calling about or if you just, you're not really good at, at being uncomfortable with strangers, you know, all of that. Yeah. You need to understand how to do that and break through to where that mm-hmm. person is like, this is the person that I trust. And so there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's, it's a lot of the words that you use because yes. the way, not only the way you talk, but what you say right? Like leaving things open-ended as, as a Because if someone's like a really, really fast talker and you're talking really fast and then you come in and you're like, hi, Miss Mary. Drive them freaking crazy. <laughs> I'm looking to purchase a home. Yeah. Like it's going to drive them crazy. Yeah. Or if you don't know how to like draw things out of them, right? Like if you mm-hmm. don't know how to ask the right questions to where even sometimes our, our team will be like, Nicole, the seller said this. I'm like, and? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's how what I would say to them. Like, keep going. Yeah. Why did you stop there? If you leave a conversation and you're confused, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Right. <laughs> like, why are people so scared to just ask? Get down to the bottom of it. Right, always. And, mm-hmm. you know, keep going. And people are, people are like, okay, I'll get back with you and figure it out. And then they get off the phone and then our girls will tell me, oh, well, this, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know either. Like, ask the seller, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so a lot of that is stuff that, you know, a lot of people don't know. And that's why they don't really get anywhere with mm-hmm. cold calls or they'll get somewhere and then the seller will ghost them and they'll cancel because there were objections that they didn't even get to because they didn't know how to. Yes. And the seller never told them. And the only people that they were actually able to connect with is the low hanging fruit of people that were completely transparent. But let's be real. That's less than a percent of oh, yeah. people that are actually going to tell you their concerns. Right. Because not. a lot of people don't want to reject you. Mm-mm. They don't want to deal with like, no, I don't want to do it. And I always you know? highly recommend people listen, like record your calls and listen to yourself. Yes. You will be shocked at how you yep. sound and that things you didn't hear, like you didn't even listen to. Like they right. said this and you completely blew them off and uh, went over it. But that was the question. That's the answer that you needed. And you didn't even listen. Because they're so focused <clears throat> on their next response. They're mm-hmm. so focused on, I have to get this word out. I have to say this. Did yeah. I ask this? You know, and they become this like robot where now yeah. if you would have just shut up, like you said, yeah, 
they told they told you already. They yeah. told you right there that that call, and that's why that is important. So, anyways, we do a whole sales training that um, <clears throat> that I'm going to do um, the first day, and that's going to go right into cold calling. And then we're going to do like role playing, um, all of that. So, very excited. Um, I, I think we're going to sell out pretty quick because this is our, our the only People one we've keep done. Asking us for this, so. I know. I yeah. think we're going to need more than we, 25 seats, but we'll figure it out. We're going to. This is going to be our <laughs> trial run. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have guest speakers, which mm-hmm. we're, I don't know, I'm not going to announce those yet, um, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be two days of just, when you leave, we want every single person that leaves to have a clear direction mm-hmm. and just be so pumped to like get back there and kill it. Let's talk about our boot camp. If, uh, if you're not familiar with our boot camp, um, the next date will be down below because um, I don't remember yeah. the day it is. <laughs> Uh, July seventh is the one is the four week boot camp is okay. the next one and then of course whoever is watching this if it's past July seventh you know yeah. it'll it'll if you go to the website it's going to continue to be updated the website is thessqueen.com. if you yeah. click, hover over realtor investor um, you can it. choose mentorship boot camp the, the short sale course our book all kinds of different things that we provide for you guys um, awesome. yeah all right well thank you for randomly doing this with me when I Thank asked you, you for to. having me as your first <laughs> guest again. <laughs> All right, guys, if you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. We'd love to see you at the uh, next event in, in person. And until next time, this is Nicole Spinoza with entrepreneurship hashtag uncensored. If you like today's podcast, make sure to go subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's the short sale queen TV where I'm releasing weekly videos and daily shorts to give you guys business advice and talk all things real estate. If you're getting any value from this, leave a five-star review and I would love to connect with you. Reach out to our website for more learning opportunities, thessqueen.com.